I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you want to learn more from me, please check out my website, MikeRinald.com. In addition to all my great articles, videos, and podcast episodes, I have a ton of online CEU courses, as well as my inner circle online mentorship and community. Be sure to subscribe to my free newsletter where I'm always sending you great info and exclusive perks and discounts. Just head to MikeRinald.com to get started. Thanks so much. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show, we talk about scapular winging with a stiff shoulder. We talk about the life of an athletic trainer, and we talk about low back pain in the morning. The Ask Mike Reinald Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reinald Show. We are here up at Champion PT and Performance up in Boston. Um, I'm getting good at that, right? Like solid, I, good I, intro. I feel like I say the exact same thing every time. We need to work on that. Uh, I'm here with Dave Tilly today. Uh, Dan Pope is on his way. He's actually working right now, so he's working on a, a client of his right now, but he'll be in probably in uh, a few seconds. And unfortunately... Lenny Macrina is out sick today. A little sickness. Yeah, we got you know all that New England kind of fever, head cold here thing. Dated, but a lot of yeah, cold we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, so Lenny's out sick, so we're gonna miss him this miss episode. You, Lenny. Yeah, we we miss you already. Uh, but we're here. We have two awesome students now. So you guys, you guys met Skid uh, in the past. Skittles. Now we find we settled on a nickname. It took us a, it took us a little bit, but yeah. like Skid's working. Skid was working, Skid was- but. I think the new one's better. Yeah, let's keep it at Skid though. Let's go Skid. I think uh, Skid's the way to go. But let's. Uh, um, so, so we got Mike Skidudo, Skid, right? Oh. I mean, makes sense. Dan Pope shows up to work. Welcome there. Why did Alexa just turn on? Did I just turn on everybody's Alexa? Alexa, turn off the lights. Let's see if we turn off everybody. Let's see if we turn off everybody's lights. I don't even know what Alexa just said, but anyway. Anyway, we're here. Mike Scuduto from Northeastern University. So, Scuduto, Skid. I mean, what, what on earth were we thinking in the past? I mean, that's, that was a pretty clear one to me. So, let me turn that down. Okay. Good. Awesome. And then we have Keisha Heck. Did I say that right? Wow. Nailed it, right? Wow. We, we have yet to figure out a good nickname for Keisha. We're working on it. Uh, but she's from Regis University. Is it university? It's a university. I don't know the difference between a university and a college. But we're here. Dan, come in, welcome to the show. Come, yeah. in, come into the camera view. Come into the camera view. Guys, we're the press today. So, a little bit. Sit right in front of Dave. But. Anyway, we got some awesome questions. Let's see. I don't know. His skid just started off. We don't have time. All right. <laughs> First question Tiffany from Alabama. I have a patient that is status post rotator cuff repair and MUA and has an excessive scapular winging with shoulder motion in really all directions. I've tried stabilizing the scapular during passive range of motion, stretching pecs because they are tight, and strengthening the rhomboids. Any other ideas slash suggestions for this patient? All right, so we have a rotator cuff repair patient that had a manipulation under anesthesia. That's what MUA means, so manipulation, meaning they got tight. So not to get off track here, but that's why you don't wait eight weeks to start therapy, right. but that's a whole other yeah. conversation to answer that question. All right, so we had a rotator cuff repair that had a manipulation, and now they have scapular winging, and they can't get the scap to stop. So, I mean, I'll just briefly comment before you guys jump in, but, I mean, you, you can bang your head against the wall all day trying to do scapular exercises for winging, 
that winging is actually, I don't know if the word's good, but that's actually a compensation that the body's doing to try to increase elevation or arm movement, right? So, you know, you have scapula thoracic upward rotation, you have glenohumeral elevation, you put those two together and you lift your arm up. So they don't have glenohumeral elevation, so their scap's winging. So the treatment isn't to focus on the scap, it's, it's to get the, the, the glenohumeral joint looser. Yeah, I mean, under obviously it's a manipulation of anesthesia, like the capsules clearly indicated, like, did it get all the motion back after surgery? Is it still a little stiff at end range? Like, I'd say maybe dial it on the capsule at different parts of end range and see if maybe that last little bit of motion's not there, like you said, to get yeah. winging. Yeah, yeah, find that part of the capsule yeah, that's probably tight there. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, just assess it first, make sure that's actually the case, you know. Um, but yeah, you're probably just chasing after the wrong thing. Make sure that uh, you work on the right thing and probably have more success. Right. Capsule, soft tissue, clearly, like that person's at their arm by their side for how long now? Probably like when's the last time they really got even close to their full elevation? All that soft tissue is probably pretty stiff from a couple months down yeah. by their side. And, and a post-operative stiff shoulder is not the weirdest thing in the world, right? So, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, it's probably joint and probably secondary soft tissue, but it's probably the two, like you said now. It's probably both. So, you know, don't just focus on one, hit them both. But again, I guess I guess the synopsis is it's not the scap winging that's right. the real that's issue. The victim. Right, correct, yeah. Well said, Dave. Victim, not well the said, Dave. Dave Tilly in the house. Skid! Right. Or do we right. want to go back and forth? Do you want to, listen? We'll keep we'll keep skid all episode for you guys. Keep you know, like, you know, sure. How to get <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cage is so nervous right now. <laughs> Brendan from Bloomington, Indiana. I'm currently a student at IU, majoring in athletic training. I was hoping to eventually become an AT or PT for a professional baseball team. Given your experience, I'm just wondering: Would you rather work in a clinic as a PT slash AT than work as a PT slash AT for a professional team? How often were you home during the season? It seems like you would be gone all the time. Thank you. Uh, so, 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 so great question, right? So, do you want to be? So, if you want to get into professional sports as a PTATC, do you want to be the stay-at-home guy or do you want to travel with the team? Um, I think you even questioning this tells me already that you probably want to stay home. Um, but yeah, you know, that. that that being said, I mean, uh, being an athletic trainer for a professional team that travels. Uh, yeah, it's a huge commitment, right? So, you know, in, in my experience, I mean, we're on the road all the time. You're working 24-7. You know, you're on the road. I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but I, your family does kind of come second, you know? So if you're 28 or something and you don't, you don't have a family, then that's probably not a big deal. But, you know, theoretically, at some point, you have to, you know, just, just figure out where your values are and what your priorities are and, and see what you do. I know a ton of people that are doing it and making it work and have great family lives and, and, and they're doing it, but there's definitely a sacrifice, you know? You guys, I mean, I know you don't have specific experience, but I mean, I think know. it kind of speaks to the bigger question about like when you're approaching how do you become like a good therapist and balance out your whole kind of life. It's like, it's always a trade-off. You can never have it all. So you got to think, like, if I'm going to work more and go into my professional development, like, you know, I'm going to sacrifice, like you said, a little bit if you want to spend more time with your newborn kid. You got to reinvent your job status and all that stuff kind of goes into it. So it's always taking a step back. I mean, I write a lot of the stuff down, like when you're kind of like, man, how do I spread my time thin? But I'm trying to figure out like where your priority is, not priorities, priority, right. singular. I mean, I thought about that a lot too. I mean, it's, there's a big draw working with a professional team and wanting to do that. Um, the other thing is it's pretty cool working with regular people. And I think it comes down to what you really enjoy. Um, when I started working, I was working with a lot of regular people and just really grew to enjoy that a lot. 
And uh, at this point, that's that's what I like. And uh, great if I work with some super high-low athletes, that's phenomenal. But I've just really grown to enjoy working for the average Joe. So, yeah. Yeah, and uh, heck, we treat a ton of, of athletes here. You can treat a ton of athletes in your in your clinic. But, you know, also, I mean, we, we treat all of our clients like athletes, right? So all of our people want to get the most out of their body. So, I mean, they, they are athletes. It's, you know, they just it's just at a different level. So, sure. you know, you can probably figure out just from mine. I mean, heck, 10 years ago, I used to travel, you know, two weekends at least a month to teach seminars and speak at conferences. And now, I mean, you've probably picked up on it. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly online now, right? Because I, I, I got so burnt out from travel that, I, you know, I, I wanted to shift gear. So, um, yeah, you're, you're starting to think the right questions. Um, I will share just one other piece of advice before we move on to the last question, but I've probably already shared this on the podcast, but one of the most impactful things anyone ever told me in my career so far. So Dr. Brian Bisconi, UMass Medical, uh, great guy. He's uh, the minor league physician for the Red Sox. But when I interviewed for my job with the Red Sox, um, he kind of looked at me, and my interview was kind of weird, right? He, he kind of looked at me and he said, he's like, what, on, what are you doing? Like, why are you interviewing for this job? And, you know, I, was, I don't know, it was you know, weird conversation, but he said this to me. He said, when it's all said and done, the only people that are going to remember what you've done with your life and your career is your family. So he said that to me. He said that on my interview. <laughs> to join the Red Sox, yeah. so clearly I said screw it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but I mean that really that really stuck with me, and I've told that story countless times over my career. It's very impactful statement in there, and he's right. I mean he's right. He's definitely right. I mean your family's the one that you know that does it. I don't know what what we're doing. You know I mean you know Keisha's not going to remember who I am in ten years, right? Or remember in ten years. <laughs> twenty. 20, 20 yeah, twenty years. All right, skid. Okay, Max Melbourne, Melbourne. Do you have any Well, now, where do you think that Melbourne is? I was wondering about this. Australia. It just said Australia. Melbourne. That could be Florida. Could be Australia. I like Melbourne. Anyway, let's, what do we got? Do you have any tips for treating clients who experience lower back pain in the mornings only? All right, lower back pain in the mornings only. I get an easy answer. Sleep in. <laughs> right? Uh, what do you guys got on that one? Uh, so they have what, they have low back pain only in the morning. Yeah, so there's obviously position of sleeping is a big one. You know, if someone's in a habit of maybe laying on their stomach and they have extension irritated back pain, like that's clearly going to contribute to it. Um, I personally think a lot of times we feel the effects of the day before the following morning. I found that very commonly with athletes who don't feel pain when they're doing things. Like, no, I feel great when I'm working out. And then like two or three hours is a little sore. They go to bed. They wake up eight hours later and like, whoa, my back's super, super yeah. cranky. So, they spent eight hours in the same position right. or sort so, of. So I think that yeah. sometimes taking a step back and saying, okay, what did you do the day before that was different? Was it volume, intensity, new exercises? Did you sit on a long car ride that you weren't aware of? So. Kind of like the day before. Yeah. I agree with you. One of the things that I try to educate people on is that a lot of times people won't feel pain while they're doing an activity or the next day. Mm-hmm. And when a big point right. is that um, once you're in pain, it's kind of hard to get out of pain, but it's a little bit easier to figure out what's giving you pain and giving you irritation and just avoid that stuff or modify that so the next day you generally feel better. Um, I would say you got to evaluate the patient figure out what makes them feel better. And then when they wake up in the morning, give them something that makes them feel better. I know for my patients, a lot of times walking feels better. Extension-based exercise feels better. Do your exercises first thing in the morning. Just do a few things that make you feel better. That's a great better. point. That's like a, a good Stu McGill point, too, is like the just a little more inflated with water as you first start to feel stiffer in the first thing in the morning. So gentle exercise in the morning. Some people just like get up and go about their day. Right. A little bit of exercise goes a long way in the morning. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like that. And you know, and I, I would actually, I wonder too if you do like a little mobility before bed, you know, get up and get moving in the morning, that type of thing. I mean, that, that's that's probably related to it, is. But you got brought up good points about it's probably the ramifications from yesterday. Yeah. Anyway, it's not necessarily sleeping. I mean, who knows? Maybe they're sleeping on a cot. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Are they on a futon? Sleeping in a headstand. Yeah. I still stick to my first answer. Just sleep in on a cot on a yacht. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much, Skid. Nailed it. Keisha, you ready next week? Ready. She's ready. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. We appreciate it so much. Go to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link, and ask us some awesome, awesome questions. I almost nailed it. Awesome <laughs> questions. Anything you guys want to talk about, rehab, fitness, business, Dave's personal life, anything you want open to talk book. about, we, we, will, we will nail it. And then please go to iTunes, rate and review this, and we will see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.